Today is April 10th. The Pirates take the series from the White Sox two games to one. The home opener blackout Friday was electric. But Sunday, O'Neill Cruz goes down with an injury. Let's break it all down. You're listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Yins guys, thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. My name is Josh and I am joined this Sunday by our friend Gary Morgan. What's up, Gary? How you doing, man? Doing good. Finish that sidewalk talk, huh? That's right. I met Gary uh, Thursday. Well, not met him, met him, but we connected in the same place, met him uh thursday night before the home opener and we got to chat for a while and we never got to finish that conversation so <laughs> here we are yeah uh, it's gonna be fun man good yeah. times so jake uh jake came in for the home opener listen to this story listen to this wild ride he had they went so he's he's in mississippi now they drove to atlanta his wife is a braves fan they drove to atlanta for their home opener on thursday drove overnight Got into Pittsburgh about 10.30 in the morning, and they were here for the Pirates' home opener. So they had quite the trip, but they're also visiting with family and running around, and so that's why we got Gary on here today. Uh, so it's twofold there. <laughs> um, you know, hey, I'm happy to be here. In all sincerity, it's good to get to have the extended conversation with you, because we did start some good stuff, and we've seen some new things since. That's right. Yeah, for sure. It... uh Geez, um, we can't start with anything other than Cruz, right? Uh, I, I, I just can't imagine. Like, I'd like to just let's it's talk show, about man. You talk about the, the elephant in the room. You want to wreck the truck from the beginning? That's up to you, brother. <laughs> and then we'll move on to uh, some of the better things that we can talk about here. Um, O'Neill Cruz sliding into home ish, slide ish into home, and. Man, that was a nasty scene. Uh, my first thought was Kendall. Um, it just reminded me of the way that his uh, his leg bent. But um, gosh, that I mean, that's a tough play all around. With Kendall, I think you knew right away this was pretty devastating, right? I mean, it looked like his foot had almost come off. Yeah, I guess this, the thing is you could see it more this one you yeah. had to wait to get the angle right and then it yeah. was like oh even this one though we don't know the diagnosis yet you know i know they said fracture but fracture, yeah. it could be a hairline fracture it could be a real clean break it could mm. be a nasty break that needs a plate screws and stuff right who, who knows man you know so like i just caution people that are throwing out like eight weeks is to, you know, you don't know anything yet. Just let this happen. Yeah. What you can bet on is that pirates are going to have to call somebody up. That's right. That to me, that to me, Josh is the most interesting part right now because with tragedy comes opportunity sometimes in baseball and somebody that maybe wasn't going to get one soon may get an opportunity. Now we have praised from the time that they signed Santana to the time that they signed Kutch and ever since about veteran leadership 
And I can't like this sort of thing. They're going to be large, uh, largely in part on how this clubhouse handles something like this, where if something like this happens to last year's team, they all say, what are we going to do? You know what I mean? And they can yep. say what they want. Like everybody knows the answer is next man up, but whether you go out there and do it is another thing. And I think the veterans in the clubhouse will continue to keep that mindset going and I think that that's valuable to have them there. I think we saw that right away, man. Like we saw Kutch gave the the next man up speech mm-hmm. right away in the in the um the locker room. You know, important to hear. And then I think uh, Santana on the field, you know, showed yeah. you know, hey, you know, no matter how you, who you, what you think here, this catcher's taking a lot of heat. But like, I don't know. I <laughs> mean, maybe he didn't handle it right. He probably should have shut his mouth and everything. But like, as far as the play goes, I certainly don't think there was any intention there. No, um, I think that the problem was with what he said. And I don't know if you heard McHenry in the post game, where um, Rob King was on there, right? I think yep. of this right. Yeah. So he said, "Well, he turned and said." what are you doing or something? And McHenry just under his breath as right before he started his thing said, well, I went back and listened to the tape. It certainly was worse than that. And then he went yeah. right into his thing. So I don't know what he said. I didn't actually toss an F bomb in there. That's all. I mean, like, you <laughs> know, and to McHenry that, that makes it way worse, you know, to, to people that sure. aren't sensitive to that, those sorts of words, not so much, that much worse, really. Gotcha. Point is he was drawn a little bit. I like that Santana just immediately, without question, just, uh-uh, that ain't going to fly. Somebody needs to be like that on this team, and it, it's great that, that they have a veteran. I hope some of the younger kids start picking up on things like that. Mm-hmm. But the thing that they're going to get from these vets that they wouldn't have had, like we were talking about just a second ago, somebody in that room to go, hey, I remember back when we were – going towards the playoffs in 2013 and so and so went down. I mean, it's not the end of the world here. We <laughs> we still have some talent. Let's get this done. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we went on and on about who was who was going to get sent down at the beginning of the year. Was it Matthias? Was it Marcano? Was it Bay? Was it Castro? And yeah, now you're going to have an opportunity for one of those guys. Uh yeah. if you keep in infield. I I know you mentioned before we hit record that even it could even possibly go further than that. I mean, the way you look at it, you got the internal options right away. Bay Mm -hmm. could slide over. Um, Castro could slide over. They would man second and short primarily in that, in that case, you'd still need, I think to bring up another infielder. Right. Um, To me, that would be Marcano, especially the way he's been hitting in triple a and he's been playing shortstop. So clearly that's a position that they think he could fill. I like that for a lot of reasons. One, you can move Pagaro up if you feel he's ready. Mm-hmm. And and that might not be the worst thing in the world. And uh, gives Marcano a little bit of a reward for the way he started. And really, he was a good actor all spring. He he was really never given a true chance to win this position, I don't think. And he still played hard. So give him a shot. Or Matthias, whatever. I'd yeah. be fine with either of them. But this isn't going to be Nick, Nick Gonzalez. This isn't going no. to be Pagaro. No. No. And, and I mean, honestly, Pagaro would have, uh, he would, he would have it before Gonzalez just for I the, would imagine so, just for yeah. the plain fact that he's on the 40 man. I just don't, yeah, this is for yeah. sure. I, I think it's going to be Marcano or, or Matthias. It just depends on, you know, what they're thinking and whoever comes, well, I mean, the, 
they've been balancing playing time. Some would say terribly, others would say very well. Um, <laughs> yeah. it sure has been a balance. Uh, I oh, know that you go on Twitter, some, some atrocity has been committed every minute of every day, so. every lineup. And we've talked about the lineups, but every lineup there is, Oh, you know, today it was Connor Joe has a great game on Friday and then doesn't play the next two games. And well, you know, Friday when the lineup came out, most of the complaints I got were why was Connor Joe in there instead of CSN? That's it. So, I mean, if you're going to critique lineups every day, you're never going to be happy with one. I get it entirely. There's going to be less to be happy about now without O'Neill Cruz leading it off every day. <laughs> but, you know, a couple things I like with the lineup here that could happen from this. I do think may get an opportunity to start seeing G1 Bay take over that leadoff role. You know, if he proves he can do it up there, um, you know, it may change things when Cruz does come back. You know, maybe you don't just automatically shove him right back in that spot. And that could, over time, lengthen this lineup out. I like the idea of that. Um, and it, it's it's a good time to see if it's if it's in there. You know, we think he's got leadoff skills. Let's see. Gets Castro consistent at bats. you love that. I was just talking yeah. today about how difficult that was getting. Yep. How do you expect him to improve? It's something you're not allowing him to do. Yeah, that's been a big thing. And I know that there's a lot of people on the opposite end of the Bay. If you, if you do the Bay versus Castro thing, right, we're, we're going to, it's going to start. There's going to be Team Bay, Team Castro. We're going to be doing the whole deal. <laughs> Always, um, man. <laughs> but it, I mean, we know on this team, you just don't have to do that. They will get balanced playing time. Unfortunately for Castro, what that looks like right now is he's not able to get any kind of consistency at all. And, I just think from from the way I see things, I love the things that Bay brings to the table. Um, I, I will take a second to poke a couple holes in it, but before I do, I just think that the ceiling of what Castro can do on the power side of things is so much more appealing that I, I want to make sure that that effort, like if we just don't ever give him a chance, are we... Now, this is going to be a comparison that I've made on here before, and I've... and I. And when I say this, I'm very careful about it, but you're going to end up with another Jose Bautista situation. Now, here's where I say I'm careful. He's not going to, he's not going to become that, that, right? Not 50-plus guy, but it is a big power that could outbreak after he leaves if that's what ends up happening, if he never really gets a real shot to figure it out. He will figure it out at some point. I believe that. I don't think this is a guy who ends up not uh, somewhere, not catching on. But the thing about Bay that gets me the most is even coming – well, he only had the one at bat today, so we, we can we not talk about it. But when you look on Baseball Savant at the percentages, he's in the eighth percentile in chase rate. Everything out of the zone he's swinging at. I talked about it last week. It was like 40% of the pitches out of the zone he had swung at. And his whiff rate, 74th. I mean, like he's fast, but he's been striking out. He doesn't hit. He hasn't been hitting the ball hard. He's got one hit, two hits, if you count the home run in Boston, that have actually landed in the outfield. And really, he had a great opening day in Cincinnati. He had a great home opener. Other than that, he only had, well, okay, he had two hits, but one of them should have been called an error. But they don't call errors in Major League Baseball anymore. So he got a hit, and then the error advanced him to second. <laughs> Uh, but really, he just got the home run in Boston, and that's it. And 
oddly enough, I was at both of the games that he absolutely killed. <laughs> I think like to some people, there's just there's just a guy that for for whatever reason you can't see it. And with Bay, I know there's inconsistencies there. There always have been. As far as the chase rate goes, boy, how many of those were against Lodolo? I mean, like I I think every lefty looked awful against Lodolo. Yes. And there were there were like four of them, four or five of them. Yeah. So again, baseball and short sample sizes are not best friends. We know that. Yep. And I'm and I know you know that of all people. Because you had your bet on this stuff a lot. I just think sometimes you just have a bad gut feeling about a guy. For Juwan Bay, the size is is something that I just think a lot of people aren't really going to get over. I don't think he's an incredible fielder, especially in the infield. I I would say Um, especially in the outfield. I think well, I think in center field over time, there's some there's more that I like than I don't. Yeah, I like that he takes charge. Uh, It's something that I don't think they've had a lot of center fielders really do. Yeah. Ultimately, though, if you're going to make center field a competition, it feels pretty obvious that eventually Travis Swaggerty is going to take it. Yeah, I agree with that. So I'm not 100% sure what they're trying to do with the position right now. The bat will tell the story with G1, though. And and his his speed is what I think is frightening. He doesn't have to get it into the outfield to get a base hit. And, and when you have that sort of skill set and you can steal bases, which I think in the spring he looked like he was afraid to do, and now suddenly in season he's starting to stretch his legs a little bit. Mm-hmm. Let's give him a little bit of time see what he does. I think he's got a lot of talent. His numbers are awfully consistent as he's progressed through the system. And to me, that kind of sets his floor a little higher than some people's floor. He may not have the highest ceiling as some people, but I think his floor is higher than a lot of people's. So to me, he's got a role on this team until proven otherwise. And I'm glad they're giving him an opportunity to prove otherwise or earn it. Yeah. And I don't want it to seem like that's where I'm at. Cause I know it has, it has seemed that way. My, my pause is that leadoff spot with the fact, and it's really the one thing I've noticed more than anything is the high fastball taking like mega hacks at the high fastball and for a guy that could already have 10 stolen bases, if he could cut down on that and get walked, get on first, it's like a double for him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's yeah. where I'm at because it's not only the speed. He gets very good reads. Like, he's a base stealer. It's not like, oh, McCutcheon's also very fast, but not a great base stealer. You know what I mean? Like, it, it through I his do. time. So. That's the thing that's kind of getting me about the leadoff spot. Also, I, th- I just think it, it's, it's one of those things where we gravitate to people and we really like him, and he definitely plays a small ball type of, of, of baseball. I don't know how tall he really is. He's listed at 6'1", and uh, <laughs> Friday night I just kept hearing, how do you throw him a strike with that small strike zone? And I'm like, he's taller than Kutch. <laughs> he's bigger than Kutch. <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know if those listings are accurate. I'm sure they're not, but. But I will say that I, <laughs> G1 Bay is a guy that I'm intrigued by a few of his, of his tools, and nobody on this team has them except for him. He's yeah. got that. That, that little water bug to him, that little agitator. He's just an irritating guy when he gets on base. He's a, It's irritating that somebody that little's kicking your ass. You know what I mean? 
Like when you watch like the Houston Astros and Altuve is hitting home runs off of you. Oh, it just drives you nuts, doesn't it? Yeah, and the Boston, it's not listen to the, the Boston announce. Listen to the Boston announcers when G One Bay hit that homer over the over the monster, though. Yeah, they were like, "Where did that come from?" Yeah, which, like, <laughs> which really he's shown that he has some pop from time to time. Right. So I'm just saying, some time as far as the leadoff spot, I don't care. Like yeah. as long as Cruz was here, I was like, ah, whatever. He's prototypical for it, though. I now is a perfect opportunity to give him that shot. That's what I'm saying. You just lost sure. your leadoff hitter without messing with the rest of the lineup. Move yeah. him up there. Well, there's not very many other uh, uh, there's not very many other options really. I don't like Hayes up there. No, against lefties, against I'm lefties, okay with it. Yep. Yeah, against lefties, I'm fine with it. But like, I don't like him up there. You know, leading off the game. I don't think he takes a good at bat. To be blunt with you, I think <laughs> I think he 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 he's far too apt to swing at that slider down and away. It's been the case for a couple of years. And he's far too apt to take a strike right down the middle that he should right, turn around, turn around and pull like right away. That has to There's be a lot of that that has I, to come. I, I can't, I can't, I'm not, I am one of the last to like lay blame this way, but I just feel like that has to be an Andy Haynes thing. There has to be something in their philosophy that says, when you get to this count, let's make them throw X and they're, I mean, because we remember last year, it was just three, four guys in the lineup, constant taking fastballs yeah. down the middle, and I just, I don't know if that if there's a little bit of that bleeding in, or really, I only remember it happened twice today, and I don't really remember it happening all that much that where it stuck out to me. So maybe I'm just overreacting to recency. Uh, maybe I should clarify too. Maybe I don't mean like he takes a bat at bat because I don't think that's fair either. I think he does take a decent at bat. I don't think he takes a helpful at bat for people that are following him in the lineup. Yeah. And what I mean by that is there's a very specific way to attack Brian Hayes. And every pitcher that is capable of doing it does it. And if they do that, trust me, those pitches are not coming to Brian Reynolds. So it doesn't do any good to watch him take seven, eight pitches because it you're not going to learn anything. Having him in the leadoff just doesn't help. Oh, no, Cruz does. Okay, you got, okay, you're going to see that tail and away too, Samer. You're going to see that that back foot slider. You're going to see that, oh, up in the zone fastball. Um, how's that velocity really look? You'll be able to time it up. You don't get that with Hayes. So I, I just don't like it. Bay, maybe the same problem in reverse. You know, he, he'll, he'll chase that away pitch. He'll chase yeah. that high fastball. So we'll see what happens, but somebody's got to hit first. And maybe if he goes up there in the leadoff spot, he takes the, I mean, I know like back in the day, I don't know how they necessarily treat it as much, but back in the day we used to say, well, to lead off the game, you take as many pitches as you can so that you can get a look at things and help everybody out. The second time you get up, sure, swing at the first pitch if it's good. But the first time yeah. you might want to look at it just so you can let the pitcher work a little bit in that first inning. But maybe and there's a mindset came, that way, and then it works for him. I don't know. Then along came first pitch Ricky. Yeah. And <laughs> True. He would ambush that first pitch fastball all the time. Yeah. I mean, so I don't know. There's different ways to look at it. You're really only the leadoff hitter once a game, That's you know, it. most of the time. So it probably doesn't matter all that much. Yeah. But I, I think long and short, Bay's a project. He's not a finished project. That I'm not 100% sure if we know what he'll be yet. Yeah. Uh, I'm there. Uh, I have a friend, though, 
who says rookie of the year because he went to the to the opening day in Cincinnati with us and then he we actually went to see Indianapolis and Columbus last year and he had a home run a, a triple a stolen base like he just had a day and we were there on opening day and I was like you know every time you go to a game Bay just takes off. He goes, I really like this kid. <laughs> and so I told him, I texted him after Friday, and I was like, I think I had a little bit of your magic here today. Now, granted, those are the only three times I've ever seen Bay too, but I want to keep the I want to keep it going to him just because I don't want it on me. But uh <laughs> I said something to him this morning too. I was like, Bay, and he's like, rookie of the year. And somebody else asked him, he was like, are you a Pirates fan too? He goes, I'm a G-Wa Bay fan. <laughs> so I love well, there it. You it's, have it. It's a lot of fun. But no, and I am too. I, I just um, I just find it interesting the, the, the way that we buy in on some players uh, really for, for two games. And it was, I looked at Jake Friday night and I said, after today, he's hitting over 300. What are you going to say? <laughs> you can have two good games a week and be hitting over 300. Um, it's baseball, man. That's I mean, I think, it. I think a lot of people forget that stuff. And it's, to me, it's one of the, the parts that makes it the most fun. I, I can sit and dissect a one, one at bat and I can really look and break down how this guy was attacked and what the batter needs to adjust in order to take that same approach next time. And But you're not going to learn much in baseball reacting game to game about who stinks and who needs cut and who, you know, there, you just need more data. And, and if you need more data, trust me, they need 20 times more data than yeah. you think you need. Yeah. Which actually is something else that I, I kind of thought, and this is probably a, a little bit of a shorter thing and then we'll get into the home opener and then, and then the series in general. Um, but w I know that there's a because of that being part of the conversation, because of it being a lot of, well, he's, you know, Sawinski's not hitting, uh, Castro's not hitting, Choi's not hitting, and, and we've got all these, and but yet this guy's tearing it up and that guy and and whatever, and Reynolds is gonna hit 86 home runs and and whatever the number is right now. Um I think this is a, a time where we kind of say, what is your what is your ideal? And I have a number that I know of in my head and I use it every year, but what is your ideal? Okay. Now I can say this guy is X, uh, as far as like how many weeks, how many games, like what is your, what is your test here to say? This is, this is what this guy is right now. It's tough to say because you know, if it's conceptual, like it's, it's all in a row. All right. All right. That's different than if they got sent down twice and, you know, and I'm just adding numbers together from their separate stops and, and whatnot. Um, I I generally like to see about 100 at-bats from somebody before I start to really try to figure out where they are in a season or even if I think they're progressing in any direction here mm -hmm. or there. Um, again, though, like if we watch Rodolfo Castro and it, and it gets to, like, week five and he's just around 90 at-bats... I think they've done a poor job developing him because you're not really giving him a chance. Sure. And I'm not sure that hundred mark would still mean the same thing stretched out that much. You That's what true. I'm yeah. So even as a team, because we're sitting here right now looking like, Hey, we're a good ball club. You know, we're, we're, uh, we're six and three, right. We're yep. 
we're beating a, a team like the White Sox, who I think I I mean I think they're a good team. I Boston scored nine runs in three straight games, and then just they got shut down. And boy, the first two games, Tim Anderson looked like you were never going to get him out. Yeah, and he's zero for four today. Really, a, a great job there. But uh, for me, it's 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 kind of the forty game mark. And I just use that as a general and and in a situation where maybe they're not playing a guy, to me that tells me, okay, they don't believe that this guy is is much more than what they're playing him. And so I kind of I use that as part of my as part of my information to kind of develop that. But I've always been kind of like a 40 game guy. It's I don't yeah. know what it is about that. It, it's more than a month. It, it gets me an idea of okay, the like he struggled to begin, but now in the in the, it maybe if it's only in the in the last ten games he's figured something out. Well, that means something to me. And we saw that with with even Reynolds last year. It wasn't until May sure. that he started to hit, and you started to look at that and say, okay, now we're starting to see Reynolds. And we we are since we already knew what he was, we kind of were waiting for that. Where some of these guys we don't know. Like Bay yeah. and and Castro, I think we have a general idea of what he looks like when he's going good, and I, I think it can get better for sure. But we know what going good looks like for him. I think we saw it for for a, a clip last year. With Castro, I think we need to see something from the left side. That's that's been the problem, and he got a lot of opportunities to hit right-handed last year as well, where he where he really really stacked up some of those numbers. To me, that's going to be the problem. That that tells you whether Rodolfo Castro is an everyday player or some guy who's going to eventually be on the bench as a mostly right-handed option. Sure. And I think he'll always have an MLB job. Like you were saying earlier, yeah. power is not fake. He's, mm-hmm. he's a 20-25, maybe 30 on the high-end home run guy. Yeah, I think if it clicks, yeah. And it may not be here if, if we don't give him a chance, but... Something's got to click left-handed for that to be the case. Sure. So that's that's what they should be focusing on. And 40 games, if he's played 20 of them, okay, <laughs> I'll take a look at it. You're talking about a quarter of a season. I like breaking it down right around there. That's that's fine. It's just it's up to the management to make sure that they're actually getting a look at some of those things. And while there's nothing good about the cruise injury, if you want to ease the pain a bit, well, we probably weren't winning a playoff game this year anyway. Yeah. And now we get to see some of these kids. Yeah. And you get to see who's going to be kind of pushing for that or or who Nick Gonzalez is going to take over. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or whatever, however you want to look at it. Um, yeah, for sure. So I, I think that's interesting to me because I know that we have a lot of knee-jerk reactions. And trust me, I'm not saying don't have knee-jerk reactions because they're fun in and of themselves. So, uh, you know, it is what it is, but um, I always find that interesting is when do you actually say, and Sawinski's a good example for me because I, I it's same thing goes for me as far as the power. It is real, and yeah. I think there's more there. It looked to me in the spring that there was something specific he was working on, uh, maybe just seeing pitches because he took a lot of pitches. And I, I wonder if it's just the idea of understanding the zone and then giving him the green light, it's not going to happen right away. But he has had better at bats lately, and I have seen less of the. I'm going to actually 
Let's click that because I feel like I've seen less of the chase. Uh, 87th percentile in chase rate. He is absolutely not chasing as much as we would like to believe. So Yeah, he's missing in the zone, I think, a little bit more than you'd like to see. And, I mean, that tells you something's off mechanically. Yeah, even with percentages in the 6th percentile, like as far as swing and miss. But, I mean, he's been taking a lot. He he's walking now. He's still hitting barrel. It just hasn't really gotten. I mean, even his th- there's more red than you would think when you look at no, his. He hit a couple balls hard just today. He did, yeah, and one of them with two strikes and yeah, was down it, 0-2 in that at bat. He, again, he made the team not because of what he did in spring. He made the team because of what he did last year. Yep. And I don't know why everybody thinks that baseball has to be fair all the time. You know. Is, is it fair to Travis Swaggerty? I No. Is it fair that O'Neill Cruz just got hurt? No. I mean, it's not fair how you get your opportunity. And you can't hate one player because he happens to have it. That's right. You know? Um, Jack Sawinski is going to get a shot here. You, you can't look at those home runs and that number of at-bats and not think of what it would be with a full slate of at-bats or what it could be with a full slate of at-bats. Yeah, not everybody has to be your three-hitter, too. And I think yeah. that there are a lot of teams built with a guy who's hitting home runs, making impact on games when he does that. But maybe the full the full game might not be an all-star, right? But he's still effective and he's still part of uh, a winning formula. I mean, Just, Kyle Schwarber struck out 200 times last year. And had 42 home runs and led <laughs> off for the World Series. Yep. Phillies. You know, like. 100%. Come on now. Like, all I'm saying is ease up. Let him work on it. He literally just changed his stance this year, too. That's yeah. a weird thing. I think that was done with an eye towards the eye, if you will. Yeah. You know, trying to get him to face that pitcher a little bit more. Uh, I don't think that's what's messing him up mechanically because he's literally just swinging his hips in and se- into the set position. It's just for him to get eyes on the on the pitch. Well, let this let this sweat a little bit. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we don't want to be too quick on this, uh, and and I think sometimes that's that's the way we can get, especially when hey, the Pirates are winning games, and you know what I mean. I, I saw a lot of like, well, season's over, Cruz is hurt. Okay, well. <laughs> Even with Cruz, we we know who we are, and and we're gonna enjoy stretches like this because they're coming. They're, this isn't gonna be the only one. I think this team will have other stretches playing really good baseball, uh, but we're probably gonna see some stretches in the way that we don't want to. I mean, it's bound to happen. Um, yeah. You know, for one reason or another, if it is more injury related, I mean, we're looking at you know some impact players getting injured right now and um you know and that's and that's around the league is what i mean like around the league sure. there i mean houston's coming into town without altuve um you know what i'm saying like that it's it's not something that we're the only team that has to deal with that but at the same time um it, it's it's part of everything we're in that little stretch right now where it's going good we can't let this make it go bad but there there's going to be other stretches i dude i looked at our i think our august it's brutal. It's the toughest month to play in a schedule, and we have a really tough run in the middle of August. So, uh, you know, not looking forward to that month, but who knows? I mean, 
Maybe. I I had somebody say, was uh did the, so when the Pirates swept Boston, were they are they just that much better or is Boston really bad? And I said, well, the Pirates last year swept the, the Dodgers in LA and they won 111 games and we lost 100. So it, it sweeping a series doesn't mean you're better than somebody. <laughs> yeah, not usually. Not usually. So speaking of enjoying the stretches this way, let's go ahead and talk about the home opener now that we've moved so far away from the beginning of this episode. Let's talk about the home opener <laughs> and the things that you liked. I mean, f- uh, for me, there was uh, the, the day st- the whole thing started off crazy with my family being sick. Katie, not she's like the, when she woke up Friday morning, she's like, I'm going to buy. And she's just wiped out like from being sick. She's like, I'm going to buy this hotel for another night and just watch the game in here and then go with you guys. And we're like, no, <laughs> that's a really expensive seat. <laughs> so it was it was interesting. Uh, we made it through, wiped them out again. And so it was a fun Saturday getting back here with everybody really tired. But anyway, had a blast at the game. And I got to say, as far as the game goes, that might be one of the better I've been to. I mean, it was pretty historic, actually. So, I mean, yeah, it was it was a great game. Great environment. Really thought, um, I, th- I think it was exactly what Kutch probably pictured. I think it was exactly what most of us have been picturing ever since we heard about it. I think we gave appropriate um, equal attention to Brian Reynolds and Mitch Keller got his flowers. Yes. And, and I thought Rowanzi got a nice ovation. Um, I, I, you know, I think pe- people are starting to kind of catch on to some of the names and the players and who to, who to really give mm-hmm. it to. Right. So it's not it's not a, a base that has completely lost touch with who's on this team and everything. That's that was a good thing to see. Uh, the um, bet the Bednar introduction was was yeah. comical but great too. That was really good. I thought they handled that so well. I thought they did a good so, job too. Overall. Let it air out a little bit. That was really cool. I had a great time at the game though. Fun fun time the night before running into you and you know man we had a good good talk there with some. So, pseudo celebrities that we <laughs> ran into huh? yeah um good time there and yeah i mean I, it's, i'm glad we're continuing our talk here wife was satisfied she had a great time the only thing the only complaint i had two of them actually i finally remembered cash for the usher didn't run into an usher the entire time i was there <laughs> so <laughs> i still got this five dollar bill burning a hole in my pocket and they changed the nacho cheese oh and I, I can't deal. I can't deal. It it's it's like hills closing all over again. <laughs> so hills. I love that. But sorry about the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> um I I mean I still can't taste food. So I mean I got a whole pint of ice cream. I thought that was kind of interesting. About halfway through, I'm like, why would they sell it this big? I I I had I, I had my three year old on my lap saying, You're gonna help me. And he's like I want a bite. So then I tried to lock him into the game a little bit, right? He's still three, so that's difficult. And I said, every time he throws a pitch, you get a bite. And there was one time where they like called time. He's like, I want a bite now. I was like, that's fair. <laughs> it just called time. But it was pretty fun. Uh, yeah, the, the game itself was uh, <laughs> was classic, and it, it has shown a little bit of what we've seen from this team this year, and that's fight. Yeah. 
They will push back. I like it. And we'd have lost that game by each. six runs last year. I totally agree. And they, they feel like they, they push each other. Um, both sides of the ball, they push, um, help the other one get up off the mat when they've gotten pushed down. And um, to their credit, they, they've come together. They really have. They've gelled into what seems to be a, a fabulously tight little room. So when you get an injury like that, we'll see what the dynamic does because it, it changes things a little bit in, you know, in the inside of there. That Maybe mm-hmm. it shakes the belief of a few people. That's what those veterans are going to do, man. So I'm pretty pleased about uh, the early test here instead of like maybe later when they maybe feel like they're playing for something. Mm-hmm. See how they get through it. But her opening day was fucking great. Great. Yeah. I wish for once that we could get it on opening day. You know, I'd like to kind of knock out both of those at the same time once. Yeah. Well, we've had it a few times. I was looking back at those and trying to see um, which of the ones that I was trying to remember were actually opening day. I know the the 10th inning Neil Walker one nothing walk-off. That was an opening day. And there was one other that I do not remember who we were playing or when it was. But there was one other one I remember in in the last 10 years or whatever. I think there was two or three where we actually got an opening day. Um, yeah. But it just doesn't happen as often. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was I, I kept thinking that maybe the Twins, when uh, Moran hit the Grand Slam. I was thinking I maybe like that one was, but I don't remember. Cincy or Wrigley or yeah. something like that um, a lot more often than we get it. Like yeah, you're never getting Cincy at home, so... I know, I know that. Yeah. Um, and then the weather, I think, was at least decent. I've been to home openers where it's snowing, so. Oh yeah. I'm certainly not going to complain about a little bit of a nippy wind in the sixth inning. You know, yep. <laughs> like nothing to complain about there. Yeah. And all sure. in all, a well played um, series. I think you know, it, you can't normally say that a, a high scoring game like that was well played, but it it really kind of was. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, both teams were hitting. I mean, the White Sox, it felt like Rich Hill was just hanging them at, at the top that there. It was awful. Rich Hill was awful. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, let's just be honest. And that in was that most game, of it. He was awful. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. If he wasn't, though, I wonder if the Pirates have the same offensive onslaught because <laughs> you never, you can never do that in baseball. You don't know. You don't right. know that that's what, what they would have done had, had the, he not been so horrific. Yeah. You could tell early on those hitters were not going to allow the pitching staff to ruin Kutch's day. Yeah. <laughs> they just went ape. It was unbelievable. It, I think there's something to be said about that too, because you know the feeling that when you're scoring a lot of runs and it's a blowout and you start to have those conversations, they're like, maybe we should save some for tomorrow. Yeah, And I, I tell you, the Pirates have done a good job so far this year. Not that this is like something that you can do on purpose, but this is how it happens a lot of times when, when things are stacked against you. Is So far, they've been fortunate enough that when they've scored a lot of runs, they've needed to. And when they haven't scored a lot of runs, they haven't needed to, for the most part. They've been fortunate in that way a little bit in these in these last couple series anyway. Maybe it's the baseball gods repaying them for all the one run losses the last couple <laughs> of years, right? I think we I think we haven't lost the one run game yet, right? Not yet. Three and zero, I think. Somebody told me to keep track of them this year, and I have been, and I believe we have none yet. So 
There you go. Yep. It's perfect. Saturday was a little bit of a different story. Um, yeah. You know, take it. Uh, I thought I had the box scores pulled up here, but I apparently Saturday not, felt so. like a, a sacrificial game of the series. Bullpen was hurting from the Hill performance, even though um, Moretta and, and Crow got the job done. You still, you still like couldn't have the, the implosion leak leak to the rest of the bullpen and destroy it in the Vince Velasquez game. So they probably let right. him go longer than he should have. They probably let the Jean go a little longer than he should have probably let Robbie Z go a little longer than he should have, you know? Yes. But I believe all that was almost in an effort to, you don't want to lose the game intentionally, but you have to understand sometimes there's a game. Yeah. We're going to let this one go yeah. in an effort to make sure we get tomorrow. And I kind of felt like that was what that whole game was starting to lean towards after they came back to six, four, and then the White Sox got away again. You could just tell they were like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then we answer with two back. That seventh inning was the big that was the dagger. Mm-hmm. The, the seventh inning, five runs, which was which was uh Zestrisny and, and Underwood. Right. And that was that was kind of it's which is funny because Underwood is as good as he was closing out the final game in the sweep in Boston and then comes out. And I just think that's what you get. I think that's what you get from him. Sometimes it's going to go. It's yeah. Underwood is like, first of all, everybody hates him. Yes. Like, yeah, everybody hates him. And then you got people that will defend his numbers. Okay. And they'll defend his numbers. Like they're trying to explain to you words from the Bible. You know, they've got a different (laughs) way of interpreting them than everybody else. And they're going to bend them into whatever the heck they're trying to get across to you. Right. So you look at his, performances though most of the time josh when he's coming in he is so apt to give up runs that were left on the table for him and then it stops just short of nicking him right so he may not give up the three-run homer but he's gonna give up that double that drives in the two that were on Mm -hmm. and then shut the door right Mm -hmm. so it looks like duj's numbers are all right but Dog on it. That last pitcher sure stunk, right? <laughs> well, and that's and that's part of it, and that's why they keep track of inherited runners scored. And when you're a reliever, that's the statistic you're looking at. Uh, at least, no, well, the, not the, not Dwayne. He ain't looking at it. It's the well, it's the one he yeah. wants to improve, but he's not going <laughs> to. If I was him, I wouldn't talk about it. Um, yeah, that's yeah, that's not I've, one he's highlighting on the back of the card. I have been middle of the road with Underwood throughout this, saying. Don't pitch him in the eighth. <laughs> Career-wise, yeah. the eighth inning is kind of the inning you don't want him in. But either way, um, I, yeah, I thought it was really interesting because you you go from Friday night letting Rich Hill go and and continue to stay in the game despite giving up the same five runs in the, in the three innings, and then you know letting him go all the way to the fifth. Now he didn't get an out in the fifth, but he was all the way. He was there until he gave up the two runs in the fifth. And then the same for Velasquez giving up, well, except his one run was in the second inning instead of the first. But then he gave up the the four runs in the in the third yeah. inning, you know what I mean? And that was it. We, we were done. And looking at that, knowing that we had three pitchers throw, because Moretta then threw the, the – he, he threw the uh, 
through the fifth, then got the sixth, and then Crow went the whole way. Yeah. And so you kind of thought, wow, we really dodged one there. In, in a yep. sense of saying you got to let this, you know, this game kind of happen. And then the same sort of thing happened the very next day. And we went ahead and and we threw five pitchers, which I guess could could be worse. <laughs> but, yep. you know, we ended up with five. Jose Hernandez coming in for the last two. And, I mean, what do you have? He ten, great. Ten pi- or 20 great. pitches, like 10 pitches an inning. Yeah, he looked great. Um, that's what 21, I mean. it some- says, so. Even in, in bad games right now, you're getting to see some good performances from from some people who could matter. Yeah. And I think that's why this whole year is going to be more fun. Um, at first, I think they're just going to be in more games. I really do. Um, but there's definitely some some fruit that, if it isn't rotten, it's certainly a little overripe that they're going to have to probably keep an eye on and move on from at some point here. But... uh I think for now, I'll go all the way back to what I said at the beginning. You got to separate those two in the rotation. Has yeah. to happen. It, I think it's a a death sentence for the bullpen to have those two back to back where they're going right now. Yeah, that's very true. And then Sunday is a complete opposite. Oviedo, I mean, he looked as good as I mean, certainly as good as we've ever seen him. Yeah, he looked about as good as he did after. The first inning in Boston. Yeah. I mean, he's been uh, lights out ever since. I don't know what somebody said to him in, before the second inning began in Boston. I don't know who it was. Whoever it is, say it again and say it to someone else. <laughs> and <laughs> be, no, whatever it is that clicked, um, boy, it stuck. He looks like a different pitcher. Um Looks confident. And it's something that I've never really seen with Oviedo. I've seen success, but I'm seeing confidence now. He looks like he knows where it's going, and that's something he has never been able to do. So positive signs and important, uh, especially with them being a little short in that department right Right. now. Yeah, and I think it, it goes to even, you know, after seeing the body of work at least there, you kind of wonder... Was it really a bad first inning in Boston, or could you chalk that up to something like nerves? Chalk that up to something like, you know, you thought, you know, I don't know. Just like it's they'd one of those know, things. It was one they'd inning. No better. They you know, know better I mean? than us, man. Sure. The, yeah. And uh, I mean, he did. He, you know, a couple of the hits he gave up were dinks and dunks there, right. and uh, but he gave up some hard contact too. There's no denying that. It was also a really, really hot hitting Boston lineup. <laughs> yeah, I was just and, gonna say. Um. That's why, to me, he almost gets extra credit. Yeah. Because he didn't just uh, resurrect that game. He shut them down, and nobody else had all year. So it's not like he had a roadmap to go back and look at. You know, they had some kind of a plan that works against Boston. That hadn't happened yet. Yeah. So. And it and it lasted the next two games. Yeah. It went it went from beyond that. Bednar was good again today. You just wonder. You keep you keep waiting for that for that to crack and it just doesn't. He's. I, I'm just gonna say if he's healthy, he's good. Yeah. And um, if he's not healthy, he's not. <laughs> Let's do whatever we can to keep him healthy. That's right. So please stop complaining. He doesn't go three days a week or three days in a row. Please stop complaining that he doesn't go multiple innings. Please stop complaining 
about a lot of things in, in regard to the resting of pitchers because um, I'm old too. I don't like it, but you at least have to understand and acknowledge that it's the best science they have to go on right now. That's what everybody's doing. <laughs> Just leave it go. <laughs> Keep the guy healthy. You'll like it better. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a series win. It is. And we've got two out of three of those. That's right. So I have no complaints. Um, yeah. I think I think this is the um, best case scenario for the start. I was actually quite worried about the month of April because of this stretch this week. Yeah. With with Houston and St. Louis. The the three against Houston and the four against St. Louis. This week has given me nightmares since I saw the schedule. Yeah, and, the, and, and now we, I'm not as worried. And, of where and we the are. fact that it's two days off. You know what I mean? You had Thursday off and then you don't get another day off till Monday the twenty fourth. Yeah. And so it's a long string of games, which is going to make the back half of those games difficult in in the, in its own way. But after you get through these next seven games, these next this next week, you're looking at Colorado, Cincinnati, and then you go to L.A. after your after your day off. But the seven against Colorado and Cincinnati are are kind of the let's see what those look like, especially coming home against Cincinnati after being on the road, St. Louis, Colorado. And then coming home and playing four against Cincinnati at home, um, having them already take a series from us, and then being at the end of what is um, seventeen straight. So I like their chances at home a lot better, but that Cincinnati pitching staff is not a joke. <laughs> Those top three, anyway, for well, sure. And they're they're going to get Sims back here too, and you know then you're talking like they're four deep where they have actually got some some arms. So. You're going to have to out out hit them. <laughs> yeah. So So the first test is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday against Houston to look forward to that. It's Roanzi and Framber Valdez on Monday, Keller and Christian Javier on Tuesday, and Rich Hill and Jose Urquidy Wednesday afternoon. It's a 4 and 6 Astros team <laughs> who lost the series, uh opened the season splitting a series with the White Sox. Yeah, and then lost a series to the Tigers and the Twins. Hey, it happens to everybody, man. <laughs> but they are not going to come in like that team. Like this is a still. I, I really like the fact that we are going to be Rowanzi Keller Hill. Um, yeah, I like that better. Stretch. It's a good yeah. stretch. I think. I think they've got a, a legitimate chance at, at taking a couple from from the Astros. I really do. Yeah, so, get them see. while they're down, right? This is this yeah, is good not? that you get a team like that, and you're why hot, not? And they're not. And on any given day, this team can beat anybody. That's what they need to go into every attitude that's with, right. and that's probably what they will do. So, yep, this is uh, fun, man. Yeah, this is definitely fun. Thanks for coming on, and thanks for I mean, dude, I had, I had a good time. Uh, that would have been Thursday night, just hanging. I think a lot of times when we do get an opportunity to chat, it is in a format like this. It was nice yeah. to get outside of that and just be able to say things that maybe I wouldn't say into the mic. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like the other night when you kept telling me that everything Juwan Bay touches turns to gold, I was like, I don't know if I'd say that on, on air. No. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> no it's, it's, I definitely understand um, that. And yeah, we, we for sure have to, um, I just don't get out to Ohio as often as I used to, but 
I do golf over there every once in a while. There you so go. Maybe I'll look you up sometime. Yeah. Yeah. I, I probably make it more back that way uh, more often just because that's where family is and everything. So, yeah. Uh, maybe we'll, next time I come in, we'll meet over at the North Shore Tavern again. Someday I'll be able to actually eat. And oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that'll be great. Yeah. Yeah. You <laughs> so, better start suggesting things like Millie's ice cream instead. Then. Actually, ice <laughs> cream. Yeah. Ice cream is totally good. So we should probably do ice cream next time. Right, It'll be man. warmer. It'll be <laughs> way easier to do so. So, um, yeah, that's all I have for this week. Do you have anything else just to say in closing? Give you an opportunity for a closing statement here. Uh, just try to keep your head about you, but with the cruise thing, let the news actually come out before you start, you know, worrying too much about who's coming or how yeah. long he's gone and, and realize that they have enough talent to win. If he were to take a day off, you wouldn't necessarily mark an L next to the game. Would you? Well, let them see, let them show you what they can do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and on that um, Friday, it was a clear, image of a city rooting for their team and and for that moment for that for that evening it was about McCutcheon it was about Burnett and and Russ and the blackout and the team coming off of a, a sweep and Reynolds and all the buzz that was going on around all of those things and you got an opportunity to forget about who's at the top to forget about what everybody's making and root for your team, that can still happen even without that day. Enjoy these wins. Enjoy the hot streak. Sure, turn the TV off when they're cold. I don't care. But let's just, you know, let's root for the team and and not worry about who's paying them for a minute. And if you don't want to, that's fine too. But don't, you know, don't come at me and tell me not to. <laughs> that's all love it that's all i can say love all right it. we got two out of three series let's go beat the astros that's that's where i'm at right now mitch keller no hitter i'm kidding come on <laughs> let's hope man let's hope all right let's go bucks thanks for listening to my dad and uncle jake on the bridge to bucktober podcast Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two October. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck, cannonball coming, and let's go, Bucks! <laughs>